Shootcast is brought to you by Modus Operandi Brewing. Based in Motorvale on Sydney's Northern Beach, it's one of Australia's best craft brewers. Be sure to check the guys out in line or why not visit the brewery. Thank you to Modus for your support of the show. Well, we're finally through the regular season. That's 18 rounds of shoot-shoot action all completed. We're now into the finals. What a fascinating final round it was, though. Uh, plenty of movement in the table. Our top four settle. Our bottom four for the finals is also settled. And a few teams have missed out. So much to talk about. So much to look forward to. Join me on the podcast, as always, Andrew Swain from Stansport and Mark Cashman from Rugby News. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to Shootcast. Welcome to Shootcast, our round 18 review, the final round of the Shoot Show before we head into the finals. Joining me on the podcast tonight is Mark Cashman for Rugby News. How are you, Casho? Yeah, celebrating a, a Northern Suburbs minor premiership. So uh, lots to talk about, Bircher. Still drunk, hopefully, and hopefully the players are too and going to get ambushed by the Marlins on the weekend. But also joining us on the line is Andrew Swain from Stan Sport. How are you, Swainy? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, there was a couple of nail biters on the weekend, wasn't there, in that last round. It was good, good footy to watch. Terrific footy. Lots of very, very interesting results and um, lots of talking points as we head into the finals. Before we do, though, Swain, let's let's talk about the Wallabies' wonderful win in Mendoza. Mendoza! <laughs> yeah, for those of you who don't know, the wonderful Simpsons spin-off episode, uh, this is going to go way over your head, Casho, but uh, I might... Listen, I put my hands up. I surrender. Yeah, so uh, McBain, who is a Swatchenegger spin-off, and he's offsider, uh, Danny Glover, and there was an evil uh, cartel dude called Mendoza, probably from South America somewhere. Yeah. But um, one of the great Simpsons clips there, Swain. He might play at the end of the show. I reckon he's probably my favourite spin-off character in The Simpsons, McBain. Yeah. Just got some great great cameos throughout the, the first sort of, you know, 10, 15 seasons. Brilliant. There was a great photo of Jed Holloway soaking up his first test match on the field. But I just couldn't get my head around in the background the stands just written when there was no people in it. Mendoza. <laughs> oh, damn, damn, damn. McBean. Yes. I'm not gonna make it. Oh, stop talking crazy. No, 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 no. Just do one thing for me. Get Mendoza. So, anyway, Swaney, very funny. Uh, mate, great test match, right? Yeah, wasn't it? And, and you know, considering all the drama in the lead-up to it, the Wallabies and drama, it just follows them around at the moment. Um, mm. And they seem to be able to rise above it, uh, at, you know, at various times. And, and this was one of those occasions, you know, James Slipper led them beautifully. Fraser McWright came in and didn't miss a beat. Yeah, uh, and they just were so gutsy. I mean, Hodgie having to step in and play ten when Quaid went down with his Achilles injury, um, you know, backs against the wall. It's a classic one of those sort of situations, and to get the victory, 
as emphatic as it was as well, uh, mm. you know, can't be understated, I reckon. No, it was a huge win. And as you say, everyone stepped up, given all the dramas the week um, and the day. Obviously, Michael Hooper's withdrawal has obviously shocked a large part of the uh, rugby public. And then Quaid's uh, persistent injuries oh, it might just be the end for Quaid now, Casho. I don't want to say it's the end, but he's late in his career now. It's going to be hard to come back from that, isn't it? Well, I was doing some uh, mathematics on it here now, and uh, he's obviously not going to play uh, uh, during the Japanese season. No, he's probably going to have to come back and uh, and and do a bit of uh, club footy up in Brisbane, and um, mm. maybe even sneak in a super game or two to actually get him ready. Because uh, coming off an injury like that, the uh, the, the the best way as a uh, return to play certainly isn't uh, the test arena. So uh, mm. listen, uh, if anybody's going to do it, it's going to be this guy. So uh, let's mm. hope he can do it. I don't know. I just feel like two big withdrawals in the midst of a game, can you carry that, Swaney, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's oh, it's it's a huge um, it's a huge gamble, isn't it? And... You know, now the the Wallabies really, if you're looking into the short-term future, which they have to, yeah, um, you've got to put all your eggs in Noel Oliseo's basket, I have to say. I uh, think so. I think so. Yeah, I think you've got to back the young fella because, let's face it, James O'Connor, when he's come on recently, hasn't really lit, you know, lit up the place. And uh, Hodgie, I don't think, is a 10. That, I mean, I love Hodgie. Obviously, I've known him through the Manly Club. But it's, as he said in his paper, he does not buy, mind being the utility guy. And when there's an injury, he will step in. But exactly, he, he's the perfect – if you're going to go a 6-2 and two bench, you have to pick Hodgie because he can cover every position in the back line. And you've got to have a specialist halfback. Swaney, what, what's your take on that game? Was it, was it the best performance in the, in, the, in, the, in, in the last five years, perhaps even, perhaps even back to uh, 2015 Rugby World Cup? Yeah, look, I think that um, it was certainly up there, Casho. I, I don't. I think there's probably a couple of performances against New Zealand that probably trumped mm. that since 2015. But, but I think um, you know, I, I think in terms of um, you know the drama and the lead up and, and to, to get the win, I'd probably say it's one of the gutsiest. Um, you know, we had that uh, brilliant. Um, defensive performance against Wales back in 2015. We had, you know, that brilliant defensive uh, performance against uh, England earlier this year. Yeah. Um, you know, that was pretty good too. But but this was just gutsy, I think. Uh, and, you know, it's it's you can't understate how gutsy it was. Uh, a brilliant win for the Wallabies. And now they'll, they'll have to, you know, come up against an Argentinian team that will be stinging big time. Mm. Mm. Um, they'll be highly motivated given yep. Czech is coaching them. Yep. And uh, and it'll be a tough one in San Juan this week. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game and uh, Argies will want to bounce back big time. I thought they stepped up really well. Slipper slipped in re- – oh, excuse the pun – slipped in very well as Skipper. Um, I thought the back three were really good, um, you know, particularly um, Tom Wright and Pattaya. And Icky Tau, uh, sort of the three-quarter line, was very, very good for the Wallabies. And um, that final play was just uh, sort of indicative of the match. And, you know, you have a crack, we'll have a crack. And at the end of the day, they, they finished with a plum, and it was just, just great to see. So, you know, I, I think 
despite all the injuries, and if you look at that injured Wallaby side on paper, it's bloody impressive. Yeah, it's handy, uh, isn't it? It's very handy. Um, but do you think maybe, you know, with the faith that Rennie's shown and, and the character he's building, it's maybe paid off a little bit? Yeah, I, I do. I do. I think it has a, um, a, a little bit. And, you know, it was great to see an overdue debut for Jed Holloway, as you spoke about him earlier. And But what and a Matt great Gibbon. debut. How good yeah. was he? Yeah, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. And then Matt Gibbon came off the bench and played yep. with the two, two guys who grew up together on the North Coast, played club rugby together at Souths. Yeah. Um, you know, and have had different um, pathways, but mm. met up again. Um and and uh, and made their debut together. Mm. Uh, it's it's something quite special about that, I think. But uh, yeah, I, and I, I just think you're right. The 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 faith that Rennie is showing in uh, quite a few of these players is starting to pay off. I reckon now, and it's probably injury enforced, but we're really building some serious depth, aren't we? Big time. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And I think also, I I think the observation needs to be made that. Uh, it does take a coach some years to, you know, get his DNA in, into that playing group. And I think uh, I think it's coming to the time where, you know, uh, over the next 12 months or so that, uh, that, that, that we're going to see some pretty good things from this Wallaby group. And it's, it's, it, it's all about the, the process, uh, the Rennie process of, uh, of, of playing the game, the physicality and... Uh, all, all that sort of stuff, and you know, sharp, uh, sharp skill work. You know, the catch and pass, and all, all that sort of stuff. It, it sounds simple, but uh, it does take time to master. Yeah, no, certainly, it's seen some um, green shoots of the the long sort of tenure so far, and hopefully, it continues. We're top of the uh, rugby championship table because the All Blacks have faltered again, Swaney. Uh, the pressure keeps mounting on the coaching hierarchy of the All Blacks right now. I did read something today um, which was just saying that, you know, we do hope that uh, Ian Foster's got some good people around him because he is absolutely copping it. At the I moment. do feel for him. I, I, no, I got to feel for him. I yeah. do feel for him as well. I don't yeah. feel for the All Blacks. And, in fact, I was having a text conversation with a former All Black who will remain unnamed uh, that I know, and it's not Andrew Mertens. Um, but... <laughs> uh, oh, oh, I was having a text conversation with him and I was I was kind of having a joke about it and he said, mate, it's not funny. It's really not funny and and got really defensive about it. Oh, yeah. Um, they're really hurting over there. Well, they and, don't know uh, what it's like to lose. I know. And they've got to learn. <laughs> they do. It's like I'm a football tragic and it's like the Manchester United fans. They, they can't accept what they're going through, but they just have to. The world's moving on. You can't continue to have this organic team that just has this divine right to win in a world of professional sport. But, look, I thought they played okay on the weekend. Um, I think if the Wallabies or Argentina probably played those Springboks uh, at home on the weekend, Kasha, they probably don't win as well. No, I, I, I think I think that's pretty much the case. And I think I think the top two teams in the world at the moment leading into the Rugby World Cup, are, number one is France and a, a very close second is South Africa. Yeah, I agree. You know, they're... Uh, you know they they have a shtick about the way about the way they uh, go about things. You know they're they're very confrontational. They're very field position, and then on the edges they've they've got these guys that have this amazing skill and pace. So yep. uh, yeah, it's it's all about opportunities, and they're certainly taking them, aren't they? Those bockies. 
they are. Uh, fascinating rugby championship and, you know, in a few weeks' time, there could be a lot of um, a lot of big games, hopefully, in Australia. So we're looking forward to uh, welcoming a few international teams as we begin our test season, but we've got another weekend uh, before that. Let's jump into the shoot shield because it's really heating up. Um, we're now settled on our top eight um, after the final round 18. Um, some very interesting games. Why don't we start with that game at North Sydney Oval where Norse have secured the minor premiership. Northern Suburbs 32, Eastern Suburbs 29. Casho, this was a very fast-paced game, mate. Really good to watch. Certainly was very fast paced, Burjo, and and also very physical as uh, mm. as we saw. Norse uh, Norse copped a, a couple of uh, major injuries there. Hugh Sinclair uh, copped a knock to his bicep. I, I haven't heard from Zach Beer, the Norse coach, about how how that's coming along, and also Dave Henaway uh, uh, tweaked a hammy. So. Uh, haven't heard exactly what's uh, what's going on there, and they also lost uh, Angus Sinclair after he uh, he tweaked a little bit of a calf on, on on the back end of his ankle injury that uh, he had surgery on earlier this season. But it was it was one of those games. Uh, East, I think, are going to be a uh, a contender in 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 this final series. If if they get on some sort of roll, I think they're going to cause a lot of the teams further up the table some some sort of uh, distress because uh, there were some some really good things there they they converted a lot a lot of their opportunities from uh, uh, in inside the 25 but uh, listen Norse just negotiated their way through this they kicked their penalty goals admittedly it was uh, four tries to two to eastern suburbs but uh, mm. Norse got ahead Reese Mahu scored a uh, a fairly lucky try and th- and then they just sort of Kick their uh, kick their uh, penalty goals, and then Max Bury kicked the, uh, the the winning field goal uh, with uh, with probably a, a couple of minutes left on the clock. But cracking game of rugby at uh, at North Sydney Oval, so uh, East were able to uh, make their way through. Uh, uh, Teddy Wilson, I thought, did uh, did sort of like uh, quite well, as did Jack Bowen when, when he sort of came on. He really gives that East back line some sort of momentum. So, but the East pack are. Uh, uh, something to uh, to behold, and that was uh, without uh, Charlie Gamble on the field. But uh, for Norse, Max Bury, who I mentioned, uh, Josh Henderson came on when um, when uh, Angus Sinclair went off and, and controlled the game uh, pretty well. So Nathan Russell was uh, uh, good with uh, with the goal kicking, and uh, here's one for the train spotters. It's only the fourth time in 123 years that Norse have won the minor premiership. So Last one, 2001. Uh, the one before that was in 1960, and then before that, 1923. So uh, there you go. It was uh, it was one to celebrate for the uh, for the Shoreland, That's for sure. And uh, Kasha, how many times have Norse won the minor premiership, then won the comp? That's the question you need to answer. Well, it certainly didn't happen in uh, in 2001. 2001. No. Out, uh, quite promptly, and uh, I don't think they did it in uh, 1960 either. So. Uh, I reckon you'd find that um, quite a few of the teams that sort of lead the comp and finish minor premiers first week of finals have a real hangover pretty recently. Like I, I'm just don't thinking break Casho's like, heart here, Swanee. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to say that. But I, I'm just saying <laughs> that the last few years there's been some upsets on week one of the finals. Um, I think we'll, I think maybe a couple of years ago um, yeah. there was the 
top two teams. I can't remember who it was, but the top two teams lost on week one. Oh, and- Manly, Manly, Manly and Eastwood play in the finals. Manly will always lose despite fitting first. In 2017, Manly minor premiers by a country mile. And then straight played Eastwood set. and lost straight away. Yeah, that's right. That's Which is right. typical of Manly, to be honest. Yeah, straight sets. Um, you know, you don't want to – I'm not breaking anyone's hearts. I'm just saying it's not easy to win week one, and we're in the closest competition we've ever seen. Well, do so, you think, like, you know, on the weekend, was there any extra added determination, Casho, to win the minor premiership rather than to worry about the finals? And you made a valid point. Do you rest players and just worry about the semis or do you you want to you want still want to keep the momentum? So it's, it's a catch twenty two, isn't it? I, I spoke to Zach Beer on uh, on the Thursday before the game, and 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 he was saying that you know like uh, they're just encapsulating week by week, and this week's goal was to uh, win the minor premiership, and that's uh, that's what Fair they've got and and done, which is probably a logical way to look at things. If you if if you look at that penalty un, underneath the east sticks there. They probably could have gone for the sideline, tried to roll something over, but uh, yeah, yeah. They, kicked, they kicked the goal and then were able to get a position again for Max Bury to pop that field goal. So uh, yeah, yeah, it uh, it was all about um, it was all about winning that game, and that's what finals footy's about. So it's a pretty good run through for, uh, for for the start of the finals in my mind. Yeah, now terrific dress rehearsal for the finals, and congratulations to Norse and. We're also keeping a keen eye on East. I think they've, they've clicked. They've got one of the better records, if not the best record, in the back half of the season. Um, things are clicking. Oh, it's a very interesting interview with Simon Kneebone on Rugby News there about, uh, you know, how he's trying to change things as any coach wants to, that wants to in, in, impart their knowledge. And um, now they've got the cattle. Um, there's certainly one to watch. Um, Hunter have snuck a win. But it's not enough to make the final, Swaney, um, at Chatswood Oval. Gordon, 26. Hunter, 27. Terrific end of the season for the wildfires. Gordon will be disappointed sort of going into the finals with that loss at home. But um, another reminder that the wildfires have had a tremendous season. Yeah. What about Gordon leading 26 points to seven in this game and then losing? Um, It was, you know, an outstanding game. Joseph Tamani scoring another amazing try. Um, how good has Bubba Coleman gone as their coach the last two years? Just, you know, recruiting. It must be hard to recruit up there, um, yep. you know, bringing guys in to come and play in a regional area. Um, but then to to actually put his team into contention yep. all the finals up until the last week. I think when they won the game, uh, I think I read something from Bubba Coleman uh, on Facebook saying that, you know, they thought that they'd made it. Um, having yeah. won the game, but then Eastern Suburbs, um, you know, sneaking those couple of bonus points, uh, unfortunately, put them out of contention. So yeah, it's um, you know your heart breaks for them a little bit because they they probably did deserve to be there, but, but you know it, it's it's such a close competition. Uh, Gordon, on the other hand, like you know, a couple of weeks ago they were in the top four and. <laughs> Now they're they were, seventh. They were Burjo's pick for the premiership two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah. Burjo's power <laughs> rankings. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but just quickly rewind there um, to Barber. And I had a quick chat with him at the Rugby News lunch last week. And um, he's a lovely bloke. I mean, we, we talk a lot about Darren and, and the Coleman family, but Bubba's just very humble. 
unassuming sort of a guy. But he was really honest with me and said that last year that, you know, it was just get the team together and see how we go. This year was a big step up in sort of keeping it a bit more serious. And, um, you know, he's just they're obviously just, just great coaches from that family and uh, have got good pedigree. But, um, you know, I, I, I think that game against Rambic a couple of weeks ago uh, probably really haunted them this season, Casho. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there, you know, they they probably could have uh, won a few of those uh, of those tight ones and recorded uh, a few yeah. more bonus points. And uh, listen, they'd, they'd be playing finals footy there. But good to see a guy like Connor Winchester really developing there under uh, under Bubba Colm. The fullback Feeney, I thought, was good. And and uh, Swaney was mentioning Joe Tamani. You know what? A great couple of weeks. And uh, you know, like. You know, they're coming to terms with playing shoot-shield footy because, uh, you know, that try that got them right back in, in the game late, I think it was in the 79th minute, with that pressure on uh, on the kicker, Polar, the, uh, the the Gordon centre that saw mm-hmm. his Watkins score, I yeah. thought uh, was... Uh, was you know, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, a great thing, and uh, hopefully we'll see more of it uh, in 2023 from uh, the old wildfires. We will, and Gordon do um, continue on to the finals. They're playing Ringer this week uh, in the semi. We'll talk about that in a little moment. Uh, another team, a bit like East on the rise, also from a similar area of Sydney. Ramwick have had another win. Ramwick 41, Southern Districts 31. Uh, the Wicks, uh, given their playing strength there, Swaney, uh, certainly one to watch coming in the final series. Big time. Um, you know, to think only a couple of weeks ago that they were hovering around the sixth mark on the on the table and they finished third. Finished third. It's, it's just, just remarkable. Um, you know, that just goes to show how close it is. But they uh, were, you know, really good on the weekend against South. It was a high scorer. Yeah. Um, you know, but, uh, yeah, another good win. And they were, they were bloody happy about it. I saw some great vision. Um after the game, the juniors and the whole first grade team, and pretty much the yeah. whole club, singing the club song together on the uh, on the field, which is which is lovely to see. So, was DC there? Because DC's son's now a Ramick player, and he's now in the Ramick camp. So that's I think it's his fifth shoot shield club now. Yeah, yeah right. There you go. <laughs> it doesn't count unless they pay him something, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. I like that, Casho. But uh, uh, listen, just observations about uh, about Ramwick. They, they they were bloody good. I thought Christian Portovan. I thought mm. uh, had a very strong game. Ben Donaldson's. Uh, you know, he's a yeah. he's a above shoot shield class and may even come in in in, in into a wider Wallaby group at some stage. So uh, Dan O'Brien in the centres too and. Matty Fizer uh, up front. The the hooker rolled over for another try, and uh, yeah, the uh, the uh, Lebanon bound Christian Yasmin scored scored a, scored a great try. So uh, plenty of gas on on the edges, and significantly, I thought the uh, the Wick scrum uh, had a bit of bite to it, and that's uh, that's going to be pretty important come uh, come finals time. Yeah, you got to have a scrum that can anchor down for the finals. It's going to be. Pretty critical. And as you say, Ben Donaldson's one, he's, he's finding a groove now. Mate, he certainly is. They've just got they've got a lot of classy players, don't they? But Ben Donaldson in particular, 
I mean, you know, he's probably not ready for Test Rugby, but the Wallabies could do worse than him if they're looking for a, an alternative. I don't think they are, but, um, you know, he, he's, a, he's a certainly a, a good footballer. Um, you know, he's shown that at representative level uh, and, you know, he's standing out at club level, which is, you know, the classic Eddie Jones thing. You, you mm. know, if you go back to, shoot, uh, to Sheffield Shield, you need to be scoring centuries. So, yeah. um, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, he's, he's playing very well. It's funny with Donaldson, you know, on the Wallaby radar already. I mean... Edmed took his spot, right? Yeah, yeah. Edmed took his spot. Um, you know, it's like the pecking that, order. Most people thought Donaldson would be the guy, and and, and you had Will Harrison who was occupying that mm. ten position at the Waratahs before either of those guys. Yep. So yep. you know, yep. it's uh, yeah. I mean, Edmed's the other guy, isn't he? But they've kind of been flying under the radar, Eastwood, at the moment. Mm. Mm. Oh, well, I mean, you know, it's good to see Donaldson getting some regular club footy. Seems to love his um, ram at club and I'm sure he wants to deliver. So um, Wicks are in the mix. All right, I was at Manly Oval for the Marlins' big game against University. It was 2v3 uh, on the weekend. It's finished that it's 2v4 now coming in the semis. Uni has beaten the Marlins. Uni 24, Manly 20 at Manly Oval. Great game. Uh, finals game, lots of intensity. Um, much like the Ringer game, Manly sort of controlled the match. Um, we're winning 7-6, had kickable penalties, turned them down, um, ended up finishing the half um, sort of, I think it was 13-7. Um, Uni's rolling, Uni scored three tries from rolling malls. Um, Manly's got a terrific try through Max Douglas, who just showed his pace and athleticism. Uh, Marlins just showing that, again, you know, it was a fifth loss in a row. Yes, every Manly fan could tear their hair out, but it was it was actually quite promising, given that we know that Uni are going to be there or thereabouts in the finals. Uh, Manly could have won the game. Matt Lucas came on. 20 minutes to go. Manly looked a different team. Uh, they went up a level and really were banging on the Uni line. And I had a quick beer with Paddy Ryan and Laurie Weeks, two guys that know they're scrummaging after the game and sort of said they were thanking their lucky stars they had Talakai because Uni sort of got a few scrum penalties towards the end of the game. But I think um, despite Manly's run at the moment, they, they might just be a little bit optimistic heading into the finals, Casho. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, you can lose five on the trot and still still be confident, which... I'm not saying that in a condescending way, Berger. No, I know. I, I, people look at me and think I'm mad. Don't worry. But, but you know, they, they, things- they lost to uni by four. They were on the. They were five minutes out from scoring a try to win the game, and they're not that far away. No, no, and uh, you know, like I, I, I think, uh, I think having, you know, I, I'm not sure what uh, what the idea with uh, with Matt Lucas is. You know how he's best used as he come off the bench. Does he start or or whatever? And you know you 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 you've got Langan Gleeson there in in the background. I'm not I'm not sure about his availability, but you know that's that's two important parts of the jigsaw that means Manly all get back to the form that had him on top of the comp for uh, for, for for some months. So uh, mm. yeah, listen, despite losing you know that uh, run of games, uh, they've been there or thereabouts, which. Which says something about the, um, the you know, the, the closeness and quality of the shoot shield competition. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, and look, Uni won the game, so I've got to give them praise. I thought their defense uh, was absolutely excellent. Uh, getting in their 22 is really difficult. Um, Tim Clements is a fantastic athlete. He's getting better, I think. Um, had some good performances. Tom English had a bit of a howler. He'll probably throw his hand up for that. He dropped a few balls cold, but, you know, if he gets going, um, they're going to be hard to stop. You know, Rowan O'Regan's back. Um, so they 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 were they were pretty typical uni performance, but yeah, Manly won't be too upset at all. I think um, they just that uni mall is just so bloody hard to stop Swaney. Oh, it's it's their you know primary weapon, isn't it? That you know if the Sydney Uni were the Death Star, that yep. that big buddy laser is them rolling mall, right? Yeah, exactly <laughs> that's, right. That's, that, that's essentially what they are. So. Um, you got to yeah. find that little panel in the Death Star that they dropped the bomb in. What was that? The shaft, the, the yeah. something shaft. Yeah, you got to find the little uh, exhaust shaft. Yeah, to, and you need Luke the Skywalker shaft. there to drop a little, Just drop a little bomb in there. Yeah. yeah, drop a little proton bomb. Yeah, that's the one, Swaney. You're a culture vulture. <laughs> Luke Skywalker was in the Simpsons, wasn't he? Is that right? <laughs> oh Christ! All right, okay. So yeah, Uni won. Manly lost. Now moving on. Now, um, bit of an upset. But I, I don't, I'm not going to say I predicted it, but I just know how hard it is for Northern Beaches sides to go to the West because we're a bunch of absolute sulks. And West Harbour, 31, have beaten the Rats, 22. This is a calamitous result for the Rats. They do live on, but oh, it's caught us off guard, uh, Casho. No, I, I, I watched the uh, the highlights of this game there today, and if, if I was the, uh, the Warringah coaching uh, group, Yep. Uh, of which I am not. <laughs> I'd, I'd be having some frank and honest conversations about their defensive effort. Mm. It was very, very ordinary. West Harbour with uh, guys like Chris uh, Fuga, Cody Hawkins, uh, um, the the outside centre, Kiki uh, Mafu, yep. uh, scored um, in uh, early in that second half and. Uh, after that, it just seemed that uh, the Rats boys just didn't have the appetite to uh, put the bodies on the line and, uh, and, 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 and do the hard yakker that you need to beat sides like this, you know. Mm. If, if you try and be fancy and all that sort of stuff, it just doesn't work. They've got to really go to the old Hall of Mirrors and uh, have, a good look at, have a good look at themselves. A uh, little bit undermanned, of course, with a few injuries uh, uh, around the place, but uh, yeah, it was a very ordinary effort from uh, from the Rats, I thought. Yeah, I um, I think West were really good and Ringer really bad. Is the takeaway I got, Swaney? Yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. It was a game that I want to put behind them, the Rats. Um, yeah, because you know, they're going to have to, uh, you know, take on a pretty a team like Gordon as well in the finals, who uh, are also hurting. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's one that you. You know, you just you never fill your divots. Just keep walking and um, <laughs> forget about that. I'll forget about that and move on. But West Harbour, good to see them finish the season on a bit of a high because it was, let's face it, a diabolical start to the season for them. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they started to come good at the back end. Uh, Joe Barricat announced he was leaving. You had Jack Debrasini coming back. I think the combination of those two things Yep, probably lit a little bit of a fire uh, at West Harbour, and yep. 
you know, it gave them a, a bit of something to play for in the end, and and they did, and it's good to see. So, congratulations to them for winning their final round. Um, yep. No more footy for them this year, but uh, it was a good end for them. Yeah, they certainly had that um, nothing to lose type mentality, and you know, I think every team gets that in any competition in any division. So, um, you know, good on them. They rode it hard, and they'll be looking towards next year and probably trying to keep. Uh, a lot of the squad together and, and, and probably some familiar, familiarity in the coaching stuff, but I know they're looking for uh, new acquisitions there. All right, we'll look to the final game of the round. Two Blues at home have gone down to Eastwood. Eastwood 38, convincing wing- winners over the Two Blues 14. Good win for the Woodies, who are a team that know how to play finals football, Casho. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Uh, the old Northies boys have been on the back end of a couple of uh, those heroic Eastwood uh, finals uh, appearances, but uh, uh, they sort of clicked back into gear, which is uh, which is uh, which is quite good. Five second half tries, and uh, they beat the old two blues thirty eight fourteen. I thought their halfback Lockie Albert was uh, was quite good. Chris Bell was uh, was very sharp there. Uh, being the uh, first receiver at different times when uh, when Tane Edbed wasn't uh, around, but Tui Sisu I, I thought carried the ball uh, really well. Michael Isley did uh, did some good work there. So uh, and for the two blues, the centre of Iger I thought was uh, was very very uh, dangerous there. Him and his red headgear, he uh, he runs at a hundred miles an hour at those uh, those gaps and did some uh, good things, but. Uh, Congratulations to the two Blues about uh, what they've achieved so far this year. I think uh, I think they can uh, uh, finish the season with the with the old head held high and uh, build on uh, next year. So pretty much the same coaching group going around next year. So uh, hopefully they can uh, draw a few more of those guys from uh, from the northern hemisphere just to uh, just to sort of uh, bolster the ranks at uh, at different times. So. I think they uh, they would have made the finals if uh, if the Sale Shark boys had been had been been able to uh, stick around, but uh, the mm-hmm. Northern season's approaching fairly quickly, so uh, yeah, they'll uh, they'll, uh, they'll look to uh, get some other people on board, but uh, they've got the basis there for a very good uh, performing shoot shield side, I reckon. Yeah, uh, it's certainly on the up there, uh, Swaney, for the Two Blues with their new stadium and. Much improved performance on the field, so hopefully they're on the up and up. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know the the fact that those sale guys didn't stay the whole season, um, you know that that's. I mean, the fact that they could get them at all to come and play at the Two Blues is probably a feather in the cap. Um, yeah. You, you, you guys like, you know, Vyenga in the centres, um, Favor Favor, um, Alex Debeck. Uh, you know, those guys were week in week out. Um, stalwarts in this team, uh, they've learned how to win. And I think that's such an important quality mm. in any team. Um, you know, you get into a bit of a rut and you start forgetting how to win. Um, mm. You know, Two Blues never really knew how to win, I don't think, uh, for yep. a long time. Yep. Um, but they've, they've learned how to do that this year. And they know what it feels like to sing that club song and they know what it feels like to go yep. you know, to a place like uni and and win and sing the club song there, you know. So that that sort of experience is so invaluable for a lot of the guys in that group. And mm-hmm. if they can keep them together, 
um, next year, I think we'll see vast improvement and finally a footprint in Western Sydney that everyone can be proud of. Yeah, here, here. And, uh, you know, it's just fantastic to see what they've done this year and hopefully can keep going. Woody's are uh, loving what they're doing at Parramatta so much that they're having their final at the Eric this uh, weekend, Kasha. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's uh, one of three games on uh, on Saturday. North and Manly at North Sydney Oval, Sydney Uni, the Ramwick 2v3 at Uni uh, University Oval. And then on, uh, on Sunday... Uh, after church, Berger, you can head on down to Ringer versus Gordon at Rat Park. I won't be going there, but that's okay. I'll watch on the TV. Um, mass, you mean? Is that right? Oh, yeah, good Catholic child, but I haven't got a mass in a while. Look, uh, that is the end of the regular season. We have a top eight. Um, our good friend, Dr. David Bond, who's a bit of a numbers guru, um, has been looking at the statistics of the season. Um, he has confirmed it's the closest season, um, certainly since uh, certainly in the last fifteen to twenty years. Mean points differential per match was only eleven point five, lower than the previous record in twenty twelve, fourteen point two. Nearly all matches were decided by a converted. So, sorry, nearly half the matches were decided by a converted try or less, and only one in ten had a greater margin. And twenty eight, so certainly as tight as we've seen, Swanee. That that that's how it's felt all year, hasn't it, mate? How good are rugby nerds, Doctor David Bond? We love him. He's, he's one he, of them. He is one of them, and we are too, obviously. Yeah. The nerds who can sit there and crunch the numbers, I'm I'm in awe of them, and uh, that's fantastic to hear. You know, because we've suspected it all year, but yep. actually to hear that there's hard. Cold hard data that that yep. actually backs that up is yep. is really heartening for us, and um, you know it's we we keep we sort of everyone has pretty short memories. I'm sure there's been close competitions, you know, before uh, in in decades gone past, but mm. um, you know this is certainly the the longest, uh, sorry, the, the 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 closest competition in our living memory. Um, oh. It's been great to watch. It's definitely in mine, and I've watched it for a long, long time, and I cannot remember a comp this this close. All right, so the teams that have missed out in the finals are Hunter, the Western Sydney Two Blues, West Harbour, and Southern Districts. Our finalists this year, starting at the top, Northern Suburbs, Sydney Uni, Ramick, Manly, Eastwood, Ringer, Gordon, and East. That's the top eight. Now, the top eight this year follows the NRL finals format. I did some research. Because I I've not accustomed to a top eight, and it seems silly that some teams are in it that have lost more games than one. But you know, here we are, and anyone can win it. So I think this year it works quite well, and everyone will agree. Um, there is massive gains for winning week one for top four sides. I've looked up the history in the NRL. No team has won finishing regular season outside the top four. Only two teams have won after dropping the first week. So it just shows you, Casho, how hard it is to win four elimination games back-to-back. Oh, listen, uh, yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, uh, I know the last time Norse uh, won that premiership, that was was sort of like uh, quite a run of games, but they did did actually finish second or third, I think. So they're in that top four sort of area. It might have been a 16 final series back then, but... uh, 
yeah, I think uh, I think the sweet spot for uh, uh, the bookies is going to be in in that top four. That's Norse, Uni, Ramwick, and Manly. I think uh, there's you know there's there's a couple of teams there outside there that may cause a few a bit of a kerfuffle around the place throughout, mm. throughout the finals. But uh, top four, you're looking at a at, at, at a at a possible premier. Look. The Shoot Shield's not the NRL. It's different. Um, it's not as professional. But still, we have now got our players to go through four weeks, Swaney, you know, uninjured, unencumbered, keeping form going in knockout games, not regular season. I fully appreciate teams that win comps can go from mid-season and win it all the way through. But as Casho said, they're likely to finish top. But in a top eight, the, the the such a huge uplift winning this weekend to get that week off. Oh, big time! Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know that what a bumper couple of games we've got as well with uh, Norths Manly and Sydney Uni Randwick. Like that, that's just mm. two absolutely cracking clashes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. I I think that our shoot shield winner. I can't remember what we actually said last week. Who did we say that it was it was going to be the top four last week? I can't remember. Okay, so we okay. The only difference with Casho is he didn't have Manly in his top four. That's right. Yeah. So we're already ahead, but <laughs> I think you had Ringer in your top four, Swanee, and I followed suit. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, I think. So you're I don't right. know. I mean, look, the, the bottom four games are going to be fascinating too. Uh, East and Eastwood had a bit of history recently. I think East gave a bit of a touch up last year or the year before. Uh, Ringer Gordon will be very, very interesting at Rat Park. I think home ground advantage is a big factor for the Ruddies. Top four, who knows, Casho? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think uh, I think with all the clubs, I think um, you know uh, a wise coach once said to me that uh, teams win footy games, but clubs win premierships, which which speaks about. Uh, Depth, depth uh, capacity to uh, you know sort of nut nut things out uh, in difficult times, uh, having a having a wider uh, a, you know like a, a wider group of players that uh, can sort of step up. Uh, I think uh, I think bench players throughout this final series are going to play a, a vitally important part, and uh, if you've got a good scrum, I think uh, I think you're halfway there. Yeah, I think the scrum factor is huge. Um, and I think some clubs have to buck history. Uh, I know the Marlins have not won a finals game since 2015. They are 0-6, Swaney. But surely, just like their 0-5 run at the moment, it comes to an end one day. Well, that's right. That's, that's, that's what these runs are um, you know, <laughs> meant for. They're meant to end, aren't they? I, mean, I hope so. We've been saying that for 20 years with the Bledisloe Cup, haven't we? So, we have, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. I cannot wait to watch. I'll be at North Sydney Oval. So will Mark Cashman. And I know plenty of our listeners will be at all grounds around Sydney. Swaney, you'll be watching intently, but probably watching some Brisbane rugby too. Yeah, I've got uh, the Varsity Cup up here this weekend between University and Bond University. So Mm -hmm. uh, I'll be calling that on Nine Gem and Stan Sport. But I'll be catching up on all the Shuttlehall Shoot Shield that night, I reckon, because... I don't want to. I don't want to be left behind. It's going to be. Um, it's going to be a ripping weekend of footy all round from the top down to the bottom. I reckon. Yep. Can't wait. I can't wait. From six to be. Uh, sorry, eight to become six, 
and I'll speak to you guys next week. Casho, Swaney, thank you for tuning in. See you, mate. See you in the winning dressing room, Burjo. Oh, you're going to come to the Marlins dressing room? Perfect. <laughs> I'll teach you the boom boom. Thank you.